This episode of Burroughs Miners, bro, is brought to you by CrossFit Exceptionally Made, 14251 Edgemere Boulevard, C2-79938. Visit their website, CrossFitExceptionallyMade.com. If you're looking to get into shape, visit them. Ask for Chris at CrossFitExceptionallyMade.com. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about UTEP rebranding Minor Athletic Club, UTEP women's basketball getting a new coach, UTEP revising football game day fan experience. We're also going to talk about UTEP football news and basketball news. So let's get ready to go. Welcome to Burroughs Miners, bro. Mondo the Monster Medina along with Alex Nicolas. What's up, baby? How are you today? Doing good, man. Hey, you know what? We're going to be seeing a lot of each other over the next couple of months. Yeah. It's football season, baby. Thank God. You know, the hardest thing for me, summer is really tough uh, because I'm not, I know you're a baseball guy. Yeah. I'm not really a best baseball guy, you know, um, but yeah, thankfully, um, as we sit here on on July 27th, this is the last weekend that we're not going to have any football because uh, the Hall of Fame game is next week, next Sunday. So that means it's going to be football all over. UTEP, they go to camp. Next, do so next, next, week? next week. This time next week, they're going to be there. Literally two weeks from today, they're going to be playing the scrimmage, which we're going to be there. We're going to cover all that stuff. So I'm just happy that football is finally here. Not only that, high school football, professional football, all that stuff. So uh, football time for me is my favorite time of year. Plus, it's it's been very hot, so we can like, <laughs> we can uh, expect the weather to cool down a little, a little bit. I mean, so, we, yeah. are, we are two Mexicans on radio, yeah. but we are definitely getting that sun here. But definitely, I want to throw a shout-out to everybody's support. Obviously, this past week, this was the official launch of Buda Miners, bro, and so much love. All the old, uh, all my old friends from Minor Rush, from the CUSA fam to the UTEP fam, shout out to all the love and all the uh, feedback that we got from that first episode. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Budo Miners Radio on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting games. We'll have new scoops. We're gonna have recruiting news, all sorts of stuff. Mondo's pictures from the road when he yes, goes that is on the sidelines. So lots of content on there. Appreciate all the love. Make sure to go subscribe on iTunes or subscribe wherever Everywhere. you get uh, this podcast. This podcast is. A Available on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, everywhere where podcasts are available on Android or Apple devices, you can hear it. Also, if you want to send us an email, the email address is budominersbro at yahoo.com. We, uh, if you don't send us a tweet, you have one send us an email. There's multiple ways to reach us. Uh, the Instagram page is coming. I'm just letting you I, know. I was about to say, we're going to pimp your Instagram. Do we get the, the, the gym selfie of the day on that? Is, is that really a treat for the to, ladies? I mean, I guess if you really want to. I mean, but I really don't want to, like, use mine. We can use Puro's Miners, bro, you know, and la camisa. He said Puro's Miners, bro, let's get it on. <laughs> All right, so a lot of Lots stuff to, to talk cover, about. A lot, lot of to stuff cover. to talk about here in Puro's Miners, bro. Uh, but once again, thank you so much for the love for the uh, first episode there. Uh, so... Talk to me, Alex. Well, what happened is let's talk about some of the stuff that's happening here with uh, UTEP. It's been a lot. Uh, been a lot that's happened. A lot of administrative stuff as far as structuring. A lot of people have come and gone. A lot of people have come and gone. You know, I don't think it's so much of a, of, of a product of, you know, and it's obvious to say, you know, gym center's coming in and now you're to really clean the house. I just think it's just a transition. You know, people come and go. But the most, the most important thing that I've seen 
gym center do, there's two things. And, and the first one is this rebrand of the minor athletic club. Yeah. You know, that was something that really, really caught my eye because it's basically, it's a revamp rewards program in a sense for donors. Um, you know, but not only that, you can be a donor by just donating 50 bucks. That to me is something that we haven't really seen here. You know, we, we always knew it as, as guys in the media from the outside that the big money donors got the goods. The big money donors got to go to the media events. The big money donors got the discounts to the recruiting events. Now, it seems like it's an even playing field. And, and not only that, but the way that UTEP has pushed this, and you can go to that website to be a, a member, be a, a donor, and I encourage everybody to do that, minorathleticclub.com. I was about to say the latest numbers, so they just started this campaign about a month, and they already Correct. have 790 donors. They want to get a goal of 4,000, but not. But that's that's to me that's not that's the least impressive because out of those 790 790 donors, you've already raised half a million dollars, and that, your goal is That is very millions. impressive. I, I like that, and, and that to well, me that well, that's a product of Jim Center well, coming in here and, and rebranding not only just the donating program, but rebranding re well, and getting everybody involved. Well, that's the thing that was going to be the ultimate challenge for Jim Center to get people back involved in UTEP athletics, and so far. First year, I thought he did pretty good, you know, and second year now he gets to implement a lot of stuff they're doing, you know. They're also rebuilding the press box there at UTEP. So one thing that is going to be kind of like the, the fans are going to have to deal with this year is that the construction that's going on there with uh, the Sunbowl where there's going to be parts of the press box side that people aren't going to be able to sit at, you know. But it is what it is because once it gets built, it's going to be it's very nice. But the numbers they got so far, like you said, they want to reach about $2 million by December. So, But the main thing is that you can donate as little as $50. I think that's pretty awesome, you know, and to be is. part of the minor athletic club. Because even as a $50 donor, you could feel as much as the dudes that are throwing down 25 stacks, bro. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So you feel it, big time, baby. You, you do feel big time. I donate my fifty dollars, and, and I would Let's encourage go. it. I Where's mean, my hey, sticker at? I'm a fan. I'm gonna donate soon. You know what I mean? In the next couple months, you know what I mean. That's just what it is. It's it, it, it's really a great rebranding because this is what you do. You don't. What happens is that fifty dollars adds up to your half a million. Of course, you it don't does. have to have that that base pay. You know, it, there's always that base pay for any. I mean, any. Co normal college whether it's g5 or power five there's that threshold but it's good to see utep just saying and it goes back to what jim center's hashtag is every person makes a difference whether it's 50 and bucks do. or 25k and so you know and, and let's let's be honest a lot of people always say like when they bring a new coach or something like that that can we pay these coaches a little bit more can we pay their assistants a little bit more can we get more programs going on you know can we bring back stuff like when people make donations like that for a the training uh, minor table athletic, for football to eat. correct. And you, I've been like I said, I've seen it. You know, uh, it does pay dividends towards all of that stuff. And and I think like for them to get brand new, like what's the one thing that we see every single time that the University of Oregon is playing football? What do we see every week? A different uniform every single and week. Helmets. And how many times have you and I been on the field and said, man, it'd be sweet if UTEP had like a white helmet or a blue helmet or a different uniform, whatever. It's starting to happen right. now. And so things like little things like this is what adds up. And I'm going to tell you, it costs about 15000 for them to make a helmet change because that's what they told boy. me. Think about that. That's a lot of heads. To that's make a, a helmet change. helmets. And yeah. So, yeah. No, but good on Jim Center. That's really good to see. Another stamp on the Jim Center um, – Tenure so far is the change to the tailgate and the game day experience. And I think this is huge. Um, saw a lot of reaction on Twitter where people were loving that intercampus tailgating is back. Obviously, you got to pay respect to the Saturday classes. You know, obviously, yeah. you know, colleges run Monday through Saturday, particularly during the fall. But it's good to see the inter the inter tailgate uh, tailgating back. Right. Well, well, here's what he said. 
quote Jim Center. Uh, we received extremely valuable feedback from an online online survey distributed to season ticket holders and students and our fan council. Bro, are you on the fan council? Don't lie to me, bro. Nah, are you man, part I, of it? I, I Tell be. me right I'm, I'm now, not, bro. I'm not one for photo. Are you, you know secret? That. I know that, but you can <laughs> secretly be part of the fan council. Tell me right now. Fess up. Are you part of it? No, sir. All right, good. Never uh, applied either. Uh, okay. You know, uh, are, are people from the media? I think there are a couple of, they, they talk to some people from the media about it. I wouldn't it, be surprised which I if think there's is feedback. A, which I think is a great idea. Because when I know? was at Minor Rush, the emails that I would get from fan experience to X's and O's, yeah. I mean, we get we we get a lot uh, of the and, feedback from and the I, And I think this is great, uh, not only for football, but especially once they transition into basketball. So anyways, uh, Center continued to say that he found that some of the existing policies could be considered unreasonable. Inter- you like know, and, 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 and exactly. And let's talk about one of the big ones that uh, bothered bothered a lot of people and was the reason why a lot of people stopped tailgating. And that's the, the number one uh, reason that people some of people were upset is the fact that you had to go into the game after the first, first quarter. quarter. Let me say this. This is I, I've, I've always said this. I don't get it. I don't get it that you go tailgate. And you don't want to go into the game. It's never made sense to me. Like, you want to tailgate, you want to, like, eat your food or whatever. Once it's game time, you go into the game, enjoy the game. But people enjoy that. People have different, like, things that they like, and there is nothing wrong with that, you know, and more power to them. There's people out there that, and I know some personally, that they just love to be there, you know, hear the atmosphere of the game, listen to the game on the radio with my man John Teicher and Bernie Ricono. And somebody else. But the bottom line is that some people love to do that. They just want to hang out in the truck, cook out, have a couple of brewskis. And that's what they want to be there all day. And that's what they want to do. And now the fact that they're not being forced to go into the game, I think that's just great. And one thing, another thing that I saw on that number is a lot of fans from different schools reacting to that. Where they're like, oh, wow. Our, I was a Texas State fan. We're like, we don't even get to the to the midway point of the first quarter. We got to be out by kickoff. So you can see that they're, they're really trying to accommodate. Now, another positive thing is, is and I, it's like when I read this press release, I got on my knees and prayed to the UTEP gods of thank you of how making it easier for the students now to get into the to the ball yeah. games. There's no more lottery. You get your minor card. Yeah. You show up. You scan it. You're in. Well, I, well, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll, if tell, you, gonna I, I'll s- tell you my experience when I was a freshman and, and when I was I'm going to, but you tell me first. What, now, well, what I was just saying is, it, I don't know if this is going to improve student attendance because it's. I mean, let's just. I mean, if I could curse, I would say it's pretty bad. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the lottery. The, yeah. the, the lottery, and, and it's not only that, but the student attendance has just been terrible, man. But th- now the students don't have an excuse. Yeah. Well, the, the the fact is that UTEP, and I'm not saying anything new. UTEP is a commuter school. It's exactly. a commuter school where people just go during the week. They go back through their own things. Uh, but I remember when I was a freshman and sophomore when I first started going to UTEP is that all you had all you needed was your ID. Right. And then on the back of the ID, of course I think you had to apply or whatever whatever. And you got like it was like a blue sticker and then every time you did something, they would check it off. Like if you got a ticket to the to the football game or to the basketball game, but there was no lottery so that that I knew of back then. Then again, this was 1996 so that's a long time ago but still the fact is that it was pretty easy and it was like the easier it is for people to get into the game especially the student body the better because that's the one thing that they really want to improve on is the fan experience if you really want to go crazy you want you need the students to be out there have the student section and having a good time
the only negative thing about all these revisions um, to me, and I put a question mark here on our notes, is the RV parking. I know a lot of people, and, and, and I know over the past couple of years, the RV lots have kind of dwindled down in terms of a p- participation, but I know a lot of people that would love to, to get there the night before. Six, that's, it's like a tradition. Park your RV, six or seven, crack a beer, hang out there, claim your spot, and then come back the next morning at 8 o'clock. I, I would love to kind of know what the change of that was. Um, you know, like I said, maybe it's the lack of participation. but And I don't think that's that big of an issue. But that was kind of interesting that, you know, for years and years and years, you could park your RV there, get your camp set up, and then go home, enjoy your Friday night, go to the high school football games, yeah. come back Saturday morning. Some people may have even slept in the RV there overnight, woke up, cook breakfast at 8 in the morning, throw on the early morning game. So that, I'm curious to see how that's going to be affected. What? I don't think that all these changes is going to... Uh, well, well, the honest, change guys. is that... Go ahead. Go we're, ahead. We're, we're applauding UTEP for these changes, and we're not advocating and saying, oh, this is going to raise attendance, but it. Uh, but what it does is it gives... It, it takes away those excuses that people have, have been making over the past couple years of why they don't go, yeah. why they don't tailgate. So I think it'll make a, a, a dent in it, but obviously we yeah. all know what's going to ha- help yeah. attendance, uh, and it's yeah. obvious. Drum got, roll, please. You got to win games. Exactly. You got to win games. Uh, this is what the situation the RV, the RV parking located uh, SC one lot on Schuster Avenue is now available at eight a.m. the day prior to each home oh, game. Oh, so then I read that wrong. It's I was prior. totally wrong. When no, I it's just prior. Said what did okay. you think it was? I, I was thinking it was the day, the game day. Oh no, baby! It's so they open it at eight a.m. So oh, so that's so, even so, a plus. Then. Yeah, okay, so, that's so a I plus. was wrong. That's why. That's out. why I saw it. You know, it's, it's okay. We all make mistakes, and I'll I'll keep making mistakes all the time. Um, but that's what I saw. But for me, like, for them to be there at eight a.m. and have to deal with the the park, I, the I school. Park. They might. I wonder if they're going to close that area you ha- on you would Fridays. Have, you would have to because you have what you to. have to do is those are reserved. People are paying. Yeah. I'm, what is it like two fifty a yeah, season? Yeah, that is correct. Like RV that. season pass. RV season passes are two fifty, and so, yeah, are available you, by calling nine one five seven four seven six one five zero. Once again, nine one five seven four seven six one five zero. Uh. Back in the day, the way it was last year, the lot opened at 5, 5 p.m. Right. But now it's, that's how eight, it's, always been, now so. it's 8 a.m. So yeah, I think it's even a plus. That, that, it's a plus. It's a plus. I, it, but like you said, I, I think you probably won't see. I mean, you're diehards. Yeah. You're die, diehards. That's a long be, time, that's a dog. Long. <laughs> and, and considering that uh, the UTEP um, home games, so the first part of the season until, until we get into November, they're all going to start at 6 p.m. Because right. they were going to start at 5 p.m., but they're going to start at 6, 6. p.m. now. Uh, so that's a long day. Yeah, so that's, it is. But but I mean that's good on you, Tim. And, and and like I said, the end all of this is there's no more excuses really. You know for for you know obviously parking might be a little bit different now with the with the construction going on around the Sun Bowl and all that. But I mean there's really no excuse. So kudos on UTEP for not only implementing but listening. That's I think that's what a lot of fans want to see. They want to get that feedback. A lot of fans feel that they've been spited uh, with the past regime that their voice didn't matter. Guys, your voice matters now. Let's, you know, City of El Paso, let's try to show up. So good on them. One last news bit. Before wait, wait, hold on. Before that, I got to ask you this question before you, and I apologize. What you got? What you got? How do you feel? One of the other things they, they did with the um, the new policies is that tablets and cameras will now be allowed in the stadium. Your that, thoughts on that? To me, okay. I'm gonna, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, tell you what I'm gonna, think, I'm gonna, I'm gonna and go, you tell me what you think. I'm going to go on a little bit left field here. Um, you know, as far as that, every time I go to a restaurant now, all right. And I go to there and, you know, I'll take a lady or, you know, a couple and whatever it may be. You know, a, lady. a lady or two. And I see kids there and I see kids on the tablet as a form of entertainment, you know, for them not to 
yeah. jump off the wall or throw yeah. forks everywhere. I think that that, in my opinion, I think that caters to children. So that way a kid that's four or five years old, maybe he's not into football, well, you can let that tablet in. There's no you know excuse for Junior to be running around the sumble. He can sit there and watch his shows. That's my opinion. I'm looking at it like that because, I mean, as far as, you know, with me, when I go to a game, I don't pull out my phone. I'm sitting there to watch the thing. Of course you are. You know what I mean? I'm there. If I'm going to do this because I'm going to tweet something, you know what I But mean? then again, you grew up in, in the um – when you grew up is that you didn't have all that technology yeah, exactly. there. We of played course, outside. Of course I didn't yeah. as well. Um, but the, the bottom line that, is that it's not only uh, kids that are like that. If you go to a restaurant, you'll see everybody is on their phone. Right. Let's just say like prime example, if you go to the bank and you have to wait in line, I'm even though a lot of the times you don't have to now, cause they got the towels. You just go up. But even if you have to wait in that. You, if you're bored for 10 seconds, you pull out the phone and you start just doing stuff like that because we have become a society of instant now. We want to know what's going on now. We can be entertained now with the, with the phone. What the phone can do now is just amazing. So I, I kind of like that because of what you said because, right. yes, you're going to be able to get those kids because, like, I know a lot of kids like that, that they need to have the tablet, you know, because their attention span is so short now. But hopefully – if the minors are playing good and the parents are teaching the kids, hey, this is what happens in the football game, and the crowd is lively and stuff is going on, like a big touchdown pass, all of a sudden the kid brings down the tablet and he's like, hey, what's going it's on? Funny, yeah. And hopefully his focus goes on the game. And that's the as a, Or him or she goes on the game as opposed to what they're playing on the tablet. So I, I think that's a great move. Now, how about the camera one? What do you think about the camera one? I mean, the camera one, I, I like it. I think, you know, you, you do see – I think it's more for parents, honestly. You know, the parents that – you know, want to take pictures of their kids, whether it's, you know, whether they have good seats, whether they're up, whether they want to take pictures of themselves, of the family being there. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I think you have to make it as fan-friendly as possible. This is a technology world. Everybody wants that picture. Everybody has a camera now. Everybody has a camera, whether it's on your phone or a digital, whatever it may be. I mean, it's not the digital ones back in the day where you look in the mirror and take hey man, that selfie. I'm so old but- school, baby, <laughs> that... I'm not even going to say that, even though I did live through the ones where, like, you take the camera and then you go, yeah. and then you go to the next one. That, I was high you got the next me. one. I remember the Polaroid, and it's funny because they're making a comeback. Yeah, the Polaroid are. were like, and by the way, I would never go back to that. That's one thing that these kids, these millennials are like, oh, my God, it's so cool. But the one thing they do say is that everything old is new again. And then it, it goes, it's the, it's the circle of life. But the, the, when it comes to the Polaroid uh, pictures, like, first of all, they're really expensive yeah. now, you know, because we got one for my niece for Christmas. And I was like, girl, you're fine. She was like, oh, you can buy attachments that has like all these filters. I go, girl, your phone can do all of that. And you can keep it on your phone, you know, but it is what it is. And, but I, I'm, that's how old I am. Polaroid uh, pictures, you know. I'm never going back to that. Nah. That's all I'm just saying. But the technology is just amazing now with the cameras. And it's, exactly it, but friend friendly, man, friend friendly. I, I applaud you Ted, for making that. It makes it easier. It just to me, like I said, I've said I've said a couple of times. There's no excuses now. You now know, here's a question really I've no got, excuses. and I'm not going off the rails. We're talking about fan experience, the uh, experience of game day. I wonder what type of games they're going to play during the. Um, the dead time, like when they're commercial. And I'll be honest with you, like as being the silent reporter now, now I really don't pay attention to that stuff because right. I'm like, you're trying to I'm, chase down I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm chasing down yeah. stuff. So I don't really see what's going on. And, you me, know? and me for the first time as a fan last year, not in the press box, I got to sit in the stands and kind of watch it. Going to your question. Now you brought back Daniel Veal. 
Yeah, I saw that. As marketing. Yeah. They've also kind of hired some other people in their marketing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see that also be altered to make it more fan-friendly, make it more minor league baseball-ish, where they have, yeah. maybe there is more on-field participation. Okay, let's be fans. honest now. Let's be honest now. The competition is what they do, what they do with the Chihuahuas. Right, and and not only that, but I think for fan interaction, because I, I personally don't think you can compare AAA baseball to college you football can. as far as fan experience. You, you, can. you shouldn't, because college football should be a total different entity. But we know that UTEP's won one game in the last couple of years. Yeah. We know that attendance has been yeah. pretty bad. So you got to think out the box. And mm -hmm. I think that's where Daniel Veal comes back and – Maybe revamps that. We don't have inside you know, information I'll, on that, I'll, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'll reach out to Daniel, and I'll ask him, and because he's a friend, and hopefully he can like come on the show or something like that and let us know what what the, what they have planned. Because yeah. I I think it's something that's cool. Like you know, like if you do some little funny like comedic bit or something like that, everybody laughs and stuff like that. And but like I said, at the end of the day, if the team is doing better, everybody's having a good time. But still. Uh, that's something that I remember like two years ago, they were really doing a oh, lot yes, of stuff, like that. a lot of different stuff. And then last year they kind of like held back. Yeah. But then again, like I said, I, I really can't judge cause I really wasn't and paying they did, attention. And last I year. was, so like I said, it was scaled back, but now with the whole fan interaction and all the feedback that they're getting, that's something that we, that hasn't been officially announced, but it wouldn't surprise me to see that. So that's, that's something definitely that hopefully we can get somebody to kind of elaborate or maybe give us a little sneak peek. We don't need the whole sample size. Just, no, the, just the let meal, us know just like let's what say, they have like you know, what, what in store. The in-game experience, are there more giveaways? Are you going to give, I mean, obviously they've revamped the concessions over the past couple of years and those that, those type of things. How, so. how do you think that the, the new um, VIP fan experience is going to do? I think you'll see donors and people that have been more longtime fans and those in, that enjoy and, those seats kind of take advantage and, of that and, first. And uh, by the way, what we're talking about is a new VIP fan experience that's literally on the field. Oh, you're talking about that? I'm talking about the one on the field. That one, I think you're going to see... You'll see your diehards kind of do that. When you'll see your alumni diehards, the, you know, I see when I say alumni diehards, I'm picturing them in my mind. I see them at the women's basketball games. You know, they they're ex band members or ex marching band members. I think, and because they're in that party age, yeah. you know, they're in that 24 to 29 age demographic. Because you're going to be on the field. You're going to be on the field. It's going to be an event. It could be so and so's birthday. It could be so and so graduating from uh, whatever it may be. And, and, and it's I like, kind of you know like it because. It. I think it is too. A lot of people don't get the opportunity. We talked about this in the last podcast to be on the field, things of that nature. But when you look at what other teams are doing, kind of like the Cowboys, where you can see like you're on field level and you can see what's going on. I say, why not? Let's see how it goes. Right. Try it out. Let's see how it goes. It's a different experience, something that's never been done before. And I like it. I, I just I find it hard for it to kind of spread like wildfire at first. But I think you'll see those the, the same people are basically going to be getting, getting it over and over again from the start. But it's a good idea. I mean, you, you fan now, here's the question, because where they're going to be at. You know the 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 ball's gonna go right there when they kick a field goal, so I I just I'm curious to see how that pans out. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're gonna they may put up. I not sure if you can afford to put a netting area over there because you're I mean there's not much height when you stand from the sun bowl and you're looking up when I go talk to shout out to, to Willie and Pat Flores when I go talk to them on the field it's my you know, Pat. I, I, I can look up at them so there's not that much area so you're gonna have to keep your head on the swivel down there and make a play 
Yeah, that's exactly. Not, that's, see, somebody gonna have to I, make a I'm play just in there. Say, somebody's gonna so, have to make a play down, down there. The beer, Be you're gonna, aware. You're gonna have to stop. You know, put if, the tablet if, down. If you're macking somebody, got the arm around. You're gonna have to. You have to take the arm off yeah. and make a play and save the young lady in there. So. We're gonna say it is coming. If you're sitting in that in that section, yes, you have to be is. aware of that. It I is. think it's something cool. You know, it is. They've always had a lot of space on both end zones. You know, so I, I think that's kind of cool. What UTEP has to do is improve fan experience. And you know what? Before the season has started, they've already, in my opinion. They're doing a good job. And I that. will give them this. The marketing campaign has started in June, and I think that's awesome. And actually, or, late, orange, late May. Hashtag Orange Revival. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that. So Guess what color I'm wearing the first, first game? Orange. That's right. <laughs> that's right, brother. One more news bit. UTEP, uh, basketball, UTEP women's basketball, they short up their coaching staff, and I like this one assistant that they had. Todd Buchanan, uh, former Houston head coach, took Houston to the NCAA tourney in his first year. He's going to serve as the associate head coach. Anthony Anderson will be the assistant head coach and director of player development. Heather Carner um, will be the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. They've started their offseason workouts. Their schedule's out as well, and I like the schedule. I was excited when I'm looking at some of the games Starts off November 9th against UC Riverside at home. Obviously, the big games everybody looks for every year, the New Mexico State, New Mexico. At New Mexico State on November 13th, or yes, that's the first battle of two games there. And then UNM comes in on the 19th. New Mexico State returns the favor on the 23rd. This is where the this is where we're gonna find out how good this team could be. Okay. Because you got that Thanksgiving tournament, Western Michigan and Georgia State. Now I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I don't know how good those programs are, but those are overall those are decent group of five programs to bring them here for a tournament. So I like that. But not only that, after that, oh yeah, December seventh, December seventh, UTEP host Arizona of the Pac-12. Then. They go to SMU, the, the American Athletic Conference, and they host Tulsa before CUSA play opens on January 2nd against FIU. Kudos to Kevin Baker. He's really revamped this program, I think, from a structural standpoint, starting off with the coaching staff that we talked about, hiring a, a, guy, a guy like Todd Buchanan who has that Division One experience, something that he didn't have on his staff mm-hmm. in his first couple of years. And now you're adding a guy like that, and not only that, but you're scheduling up. And that's got to excite fans because this is beyond honest. UTEP's basketball, women's basketball schedule, it's been catered to what their talent has been. Correct. They're trying to rebuild. So now he has a couple of recruiting love classes on him, and I love but, it. But I'm I love the fact that they're playing Arizona. You said you're playing SMU, teams like that. You're, you're playing some tough teams because that's the one criticism. Well, who are they playing? Blah, blah, blah. Right, they're exactly. playing some good teams now. And let's be honest, it's been a, cu- a couple of hard years for both the men and women's basketball program. But I think things are starting to turn the tide uh, for both programs, and hopefully uh, Coach Baker can get it turned around, especially with the guys that he's brought in. So that looks good. So I like I like seeing that. I like seeing that. So let's transition into some UTEP football. And by the way, news. let me just say this: it's very cheap to go to a women's basketball game. You know, very um, um, affordable to go out there. You know, so go out there and support all the teams. You know, but not but but once again, not just. Uh, football and basketball, all the other sports, you know, like the the softball program, the soccer. Volleyball we're getting, starting up soon. We're, we're getting volleyball. We're getting soccer coming up pretty soon. So. And we'll talk about them. We'll mention it. We'll, we'll mention games. We'll let you guys know when they when what they're doing. Also, too, they have they give promotions throughout the whole year, free games, free Saturday, free Sunday. So we'll let you guys know on that. But let's talk a little UTEP football. Some preseason news has been flowing. First off, Darren Gatewood, the preacher man out of Odessa Permian, he was named to the CUSA All-Conference preseason team. Started all 12 games for UTEP in 2016. 10 starts in 2017. This is a guy that spent time at uh, center and right guard. Obviously, Monster, the anchor yeah. of the UTEP offensive line. There's no surprise to see uh, 
Big Gatewood, one, I think one of UTEP's best offensive linemen over the past few years, even going back to comparing him to Will Hernandez. Injuries were tough over yeah. his career, he but there's no year. doubt about it from a cerebral He didn't play last year at all. Didn't. He but, didn't play all last year at all, but the fact that he is still getting the respect that he's 100% healthy and he's going to start to practice the fact that he is named on this list. I think that's pretty great. It is, and he's the only minor on it, so definitely want to show him and, some And, of course, there. he, like you said, uh, these guys are the ones that are going to pave the way for the newest running back that we hope turns into the next Aaron Jones. Of course, I'm talking about Deion Hankins from right here in El Paso, Parkland High School. You know, he was uh, the biggest recruit that I think they've got, commit that they've got. So I think that's what everybody's willing to see what can happen with Deion Hankins. Now that some people have left the program, things of that nature. And but we're going to talk about Deion Hankins we coming are, up here of pretty soon about the, the in UTEP's offense. But the, the main guy next year that we're going to see running, Quadres Wadley, named to the Dope Walker Award. Watch this. Ran for 627 yards last year, seven TDs, over 1,000 career rushing yards. We know this guy's going to get talent. We're going to talk about extensively about really him and Deion and more of the offense later, but it's good to see Quadres really kind of get that recognition of the talent that he is. Um, coming out of Kennendale, was one of the top rushers in 4A out of high school. And we've seen that transition. Obviously, injuries have been kind of, uh, for, for lack of a better word, a downfall of his production of his career. But, but it's not but only still a like talent. last year, I'd never seen so many people go down for the minors. That right. was just amazing. Like, especially in the offensive line. Every week, they I think the, every week it was a different starting lineup. Right. Every single yeah, week, every single game. So it was crazy. I've never seen a team hit with so But I know they say it's part of football. Injury is part of football. But this team was really hit hard last season with injuries. So some recruiting news here to pick up. And this actually happened while I was laying down preparing for the show this morning. All right. UTEP picked up a commit, Khalil Warfield, 2020 commit out of San Antonio Antonian. He's listed as an athlete. He plays quarterback, free safety, 6'2", 200 pounds, good athlete, I my personal opinion. Where are they going to put him? He's a defensive back or a okay. linebacker. I don't see him as a quarterback, but he's still a really, really good athlete. And this is part of what's a big recruiting weekend for UTEP right now. UTEP this morning, UTEP hosted one of their elite camps with the guys that they UTEP hopes camps hosts camps all through the summer. This one's basically an invite only camp. You'll see some offers on the Twitter timeline. I mean, we're recording this Saturday, so over the weekend into Monday, UTEP's going to start offering 2020 guys. These are the guys. 19, 2019 and 22, or excuse me, 2020 and 2021 guys. I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that. How old am I? 2020, the class of 2020 and the class of 21. Man, crazy to say man, that. Don't even ask me, man. Cr crazy to say that. But anyways, you'll see these guys start posting their offers and Khalil Warfield. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to work on it here because, like I said, it happened basically on the way over here to, to record this. So I'm, I'll see if, the, if he was here with the camp. I figured he would be. So it wouldn't be surprised also. To see and to be not surprised, but it'd be very important for UTEP to lock down some commits while you got some commits here. There are not commits, but you have recruits here for that camp. So, congratulations to Khalil Warfield out of San Antonio Antonian Prep, as he is UTEP's second commit. They have a JUCO receiver also commit. We look forward there. to seeing what the young man can do next year. No doubt about it. And we have a quick update here as we wrap up the news on Kai Loxley. So this is kind of exclusive here to the Poodle Miners Bro podcast. Kind of backtracking on, on what Brem, Brett Bloomquist from the El Paso Times. Shout out to Brett. That hope to have him we, on. We, we, need get Brett, we need to get we Brett need to get on Brett here. On. Oh, yeah. Have fun with Brett. We got to bring him some beer, though, to have him. I think that's what we have to do. Well, we have some to, chicken wings. There we go. Uh, but Kai Loxley. Uh, so basically right now, it's there has been no official progress in terms of the – lay of the law but from what i've heard there's have been no court date set there's been no arraignment um and what i was told through a source is that it's in his favor 
I don't know what that means. I take it as, okay, maybe they're going to plea. Maybe there's there's a signed deal. Maybe it gets dismissed. I'm not a law expert, obviously, by the no stretch of, of the imagination. But that just tells me that this could be resolved. And, and it, w- it wouldn't surprise me if it does before camp. Obviously, that's next week. So it does look good on Kai. It's not 100% sure that this is going to happen. But just from what I've told, you know, he's – it's going in his favor at this point. So it would not surprise me basically co-signing to my tweet yesterday on, uh, uh, with Brett that we could see Kai Loxley in a UTEP uniform, kind of contradictory to what we thought what when we, we thought. first, when the first yeah. podcast that we recorded when we heard the, the details of it and it didn't sound good. Well, the thing is that uh, we knew that Coach Demo and the staff were not going to reach to any conclusion very quickly. They're going to have to have the investigation uh, everybody was going to do that, and then once it concludes, then they they will see what happens. So, but we'll find out uh, next week. We'll find out uh, next uh, Friday, especially because that's when they uh, they're uh, on Thursday. Uh, they're going. Um, they're going to start up. If you followed me on minor rest for the past five years, you knew the the start to football season for me was my five storylines in the camp and we're going to get into that right now because UTEP starts camp Friday August 2nd in El Paso they'll open mm-hmm. up with their first practice in El Paso they'll practice the following Saturday in El Paso so they'll have two practices to open up the season in El Paso and then on Sunday travel the whole 110 party crew with trainers and all that gets moved up to the Elegante MCM Elegante That's a nice a hotel. beautiful facility that up there. A nice hotel. So their first practice in Rio Dosa will be on Monday August 5th at 9:35. They'll practice in Rio Dosa for 5 days. They'll have a scrimmage on Saturday August 10th at 10:30 a.m. Thank God cuz under the cooler area that was like an 8:30 practice well, in the morning. Well last last season that uh, the scrimmage was, of course we're going to be out there for that. Uh, they had to move the scrimmage to 8:30 a.m. because of the, the rain. Weather, that's right. Yeah. It, it rained a lot, and you know? that was that. that stopped, I didn't go last year because of that. But they so they'll practice on August 7th. That'll be their final scrimmage. They'll return on the 11th, and then they'll hold 12 more practice sessions in El Paso before the season opener against Houston Baptist. And lots of storylines, lots of questions going into camp. And the first one, I mean, the most obvious one, and, and number one, what everybody asks you on any team. Exactly. Hey, what's going on with the? Quarterbacks. Quarterback position. Signal there. callers, the, whatever you want to call them. But that's going to be the biggest question coming and, and, in. And that's going to, like, once again, you just talked about possibly Loxley being able to be part of the team again. Because right now, he is suspended, you know, because right. that well, when they first broke out, they suspended him. But like I said, legally, if the, the charges are dropped, that means he's still he's part right, of the team. Right. And, and right and, now, by the way, he is still part of the team. He's just right. been suspended. And, and when we talked last time about the Kai Loxley situation going into the UTEP quarterback. I mean, we talked about TJ Goodwin. We talked about Mark Torres. We talked about Brandon Jones. We talked about Calvin Brownholds. But now, and we we talked about one of the two quarterbacks UTEP joined because that, that had just happened when, before we recorded Isaiah Bravo, the Juco guy that we mentioned last time. But UTEP added another Juco guy, a monster. I watched this guy's film last night, yeah. and I smiled. Really? Gavin Hardison. Gavin Hardison. Gavin Hardison. I was really impressed by this kid. Now, on the surface, when you look at Hardison and you look at, at, at the, the main talking points that they're going to talk about him, 5,000 passing yards in 2016 with, with Hobbs High School, um, went to New Mexico Military Institute at JUCO that actually recruited me coming out of high school, played in five games there. Um, I watched this film, and man, 
the kid can really spin it. Demo had a really good quote about his throwing abilities, and I'm watching this kid. He's He looks about 6'2", 6'1". That's what they list him at. But in the pocket, his arm release, his vision downfield, I mean, the guy's throwing about 6'5", 6'6", with a canyon. Really? I mean, the kid, I... I, you know, I don't like to get too excited about these kids when they're recruits or, or JUCO guys because you just don't know the competition that they're going against. You know, you can you can kind of gauge it. New Mexico Military Institute, they're not known for pumping out D1 talent like the, the like the like the JUCOs in Mississippi or the JUCOs in Kansas or Arizona or Cali. But that kid looked the part of a really good pocket quarterback. Now, he can move in and out of the pocket. Okay. But his vision and the way that he was slinging it, some of the throws that he was making, whether it was touch, whether he put a little ump on it. So let me ask I you. I like Gavin so, Hardison. So, and that's Gavin Hardison. So let me ask you right now, based because I haven't seen the film. Right. Based on the film that you saw, and, of course, we went to the spring practice. The, they didn't call it a schedule. It was right. like just a practice. And we saw everybody there. Uh, the quarterback position is number one. The, good, the only good thing I see – about the whole situation going with Loxley is that it is up in the air. Right. Right now, the way it is with everything legally, Brandon Jones is the number one quarterback. Agree. And then, so we then, said, yeah. now that you see you see uh, Hardinson, where do you put the other guys in the depth chart? Where I, I still go Brandon Jones one. Um, you know, obviously. Because he's got the experience because no, he played. Knowing what we know now that as of right now, Loxley's not on the team. He's the experienced guy. He had some games last year that made you think, okay, he has the potential. And, and I just talked to Hardison, and, and I, I really did, and I, I stand by that. But I'm not – I don't feel that Hardison comes in here and wins his games. I feel Hardison is good enough to compete and push those guys in that room. That's what excites me about Hardison. Isaiah Bravo, he has the athletic skills. I still think he's a little bit behind in terms of arm strength and physical ability. But Gavin Hardison, he's a he's – a, He's an hombre, brother. I mean, he's a guy that's well he's built. He's a brother, brother. He, he's, he's built, man. He's big a, boy. He's a big boy. You know what I mean? And he can grow. So I think he comes in there and he pushes. Now, I'm not saying that. I think he has an an, an opportunity to start. But let's just say this. He's going to go there and he's going to compete in camp. I don't think he's a camp arm. And, and Demo said that. And, and I think it was the Times, uh, Brett's uh, article about that, where he says, we didn't bring these guys in here to sit, we brought these guys in here to compete yeah, for a spot. And, and I think Hardison, I, I'm not sure if he was talking about Hardison more, but the more and more I watched his, his highlight films and even some of his huddle films where he's just doing basic stuff, maybe not so much t passes, just little short 10-yard hitches. I mean, the guy's money, and the guy has that ability, and, and I'm excited. I, that's the number one guy, Monster, that watching his film, there's a lot of guys offensive that I really want to see this year. Obviously, Kavika, yeah. uh, Walter Don, Dion Hankins, we're going to talk about right now, but the Hardison kid, man, I, I, it would not surprise me to see him be, let's just say, let's just throw a scenario. Let's just say Kai does have to miss the first two or three games of the season. Wouldn't be surprised to see Hardison that backup. And if, and if Brandon Jones struggles and Hardison has a strong camp where Demo rolls the dice and says, you know what, this guy gives well, us a, an opportunity. I, I've always said that you're never going to, because practice and game day are totally different because I saw last year firsthand, like being part of the team, stuff like that. I saw where one guy was doing great in practice, saying the right things. Game day right away doesn't go his way. They have to replace him. Right. So, and you just don't know how a player is going to react until you actually throw him out there in a real game. Exactly. So we'll find out. But the great thing about competition 
it brings out the best out of everybody. And hopefully, like like Demo said, these guys out there competing for a job, and let's see if they go out there and give it their all. And that's the, what and, I want to see. And in that's camp. and that's the big storyline with the quarterback position is how especially good. since they don't have a, 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 a QB right now. Right. Like we don't know. So it's like we don't know who the starter is really. So you know, so while, while we wrap up this first storyline, let's set our depth chart. I'll set mine. I'm gonna go Jones at the top. I'm, I'm gonna. Go, I, I agree with I'm you. I'm gonna go Jones at the top. You agree with that? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Hardison as a backup right now. Based off the film, now that may change in a couple of Saturdays when we, because like you said, we want to see him thrown in the fire. Yeah. So thrown against a Mike Cox defense, that may change. But for right now, I'm going to go Hardison. Third, I would third. I'm going to surprise some folks, and I talked about him high, uh, highly last time. But I'd go Mark Torres. I would go Mark Torres, even though obviously he's he may be the the least the least favorite of the group, but he's been around. And I he's would, a senior this he, year. He's going to, I believe, I mean, my, or junior. I think I have it right here. I'll look it up. But either way, I think he's going to come in there. I think he's going to be a factor well, he, because he, he's he, been around. Yeah, and of he's, course he's he knows the around, offense and, and travel with the team. So he was he was there at every single game. You and, know, and like he, he knows the offense in and out. And he's got to prove he's going to be a junior this year. So he's got two years. And then fourth, I'd go T.J. Goodwin. I've heard some things about Goodwin. I've heard good things, and I've heard that he's got a lot to learn with the offense yeah. you know what I mean he's, he's got a lot to learn with the offense so I would and I was high on TJ good in the last good win the last podcast yeah but now that I've talked with some people about it he's he needs some work but he's he's the future and that's he's, what I've oh, heard God about it he's I, the I've heard that he is the one guy that you're gonna put to the side and young man observe right exactly. and then observe and absorb and when you do Perfect that words right we're there. gonna get out there and put you out there and it works yeah. and you know i have high hopes a lot of have and i told you right away like this kid tj golden when we saw him he had he had instances that you saw him you're like oh my god look at what this kid can do yeah and hopefully but sometimes you know and there's instances the, the, the of trans- all he's a freshman the, <laughs> the transition from the high school speed to the college speed is is people don't realize how right. how fast everything even, is. Even if you played in one of the top six eight districts in Texas, yeah. which he did, but it's going to be a difference. But honestly, we we, we put our, our fake depth chart here. But I mean, we both in agreement. If Kyle Loxley is cleared before, he's number one. He's, he's number our one. number one without guy, a, without so. a doubt. So now the number two of the four storylines I have in in, in in heading in the camp, this is almost one A and one B is. A simple question: How will UTEP improve their offense? You know, to be more consistent. And to me, is it more widely? Will the offensive depth help? Um, but the big question is quarterback and wide receivers. And, Without and, a doubt. and, and that Without was a doubt. the big issue last year. UTEP actually, when you look at the stats, and and, and I broke some down. UTEP wasn't a bad rushing team last year. They were pretty strong with the rush game, particularly behind Kai Loxley. Kai Loxley has a knack. UTEP has a lot. It's it's a complex offensive term of blocking schemes up front. They use a lot of guard trap pull. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, of patience that you have to be as a runner because it's not one of those smash mouth downhill offenses. It's almost... I, I kind of accustom it to the offense that Brent Peace tried to run where it was numbers versus field, where it, it gets a little complex. And, and the best thing that UTEP has is those patient runners that find the hole. Talking about Quadras Wadley, I'm talking about a Trayvon Hughes from last year, and I'm talking about Kyle Oxley. I mean, this team last year at one point of the season where they where they went into a four-game stretch where basically they were losing games by five points. Their, their average per performance uh, percentile, when you look at average uh, advanced stats, 51%. Their rushing success was over 60% in that. Yeah. That's very, very good for a team that started off the season terrible on yeah. offense and able to find that mix. And that's, that's here, my question. Here, is, here's, here's the thing. They moved it from... From the 20 to the 80, but once you got into the red zone, they had a really hard time 
getting those points. And I think that's where the passing game yeah. really kind of faulted them on those third and seven situations Correct. from inside the 20 where let's just get into maybe we don't need to pick up the first down, but hell, get us in the fourth and one and uh, let's and, go and for and it. The only, the the only problem line. that I saw from last year is that everybody knew that they were going to run the ball. And even there were some uh, particular instances where they tried the wildcat or whatever they called it, and you knew they were going to run the ball. Right. There was there were, there was no you were, there was no trickery whatsoever. I think honestly they they got to get a little bit more creative. And now with the fact, and let's be honest, uh, Loxley is a mobile quarterback. Brandon Jones can run, not as not as not as good. Let's be honest, not as good as Loxley, but still. Now you have Deion Hankins in the backfield. There's a lot of stuff this young man can do, and that's what I want to see what they're going to do. I'm very curious because I think the the one person there on that team that could be kind of the wild card is Deion Hankins. Yeah, and and I agree, and, and I I agree because this is going to be a run first team. Yep. As much as we've been in the media, we've been crying and complaining. And I, you know what? Me, about I wanted the to open game. it up of the passing game, but it's just it, it's, it's, it's not built like that right now. It's not built like that. And, and but I, I'm excited because they have that type of talent. Not only. In the backfield now, there is some continuity coming back. Last year, you had they lost a couple of seniors um, that were you know veteran guys that had played on offense. You're talking about you know the blocking tight ends, um, in particular when I'm talking about the run game. But you, you got to give Wadley's got to get 15 carries a game. I think you Wadley has to be a guy that you have to give 15 carries a game. And, and if Hankins shows in camp that he can carry the load yeah. as kind of that power, because th- let's be honest, Deion Hankins is a great back. In El Paso, Texas, he's going to outrun everybody in this town. FC, FBS football, he's not going to have that that elite speed. Now, he's going to have that explosion speed to get you four or five yards, and I think that's where he's going to make his money his freshman year as a guy that could just move the box. Maybe not a guy that's going to break that 80-yard run. That's what you got Wadley for. Correct. Wadley's your home run hitter. Yeah. What, what Deion Hankins but is going to do, he's, he's going to be the your singles zone. guy. He's going to yeah. be your singles guy. So, so for, for baseball, he's going to be the guy that's going to take those pitches, take the walks, move the box a little bit, and set Correct. that up. And I think that is a nice pickup there if UTEP uses him correctly, which I would feel yeah. in the run game, I think they're going to have to mix in with the running quarterback abilities of Kyle Oxley. Uh, for me, the number one thing they got to do, without a doubt, is improving the red zone offense. And, and then also, there's a lot of mistakes that they made in special teams. You know, yes. a lot of mistakes that were made on special teams. So uh, that's some of the stuff that they've got to work, you know, work through, I believe. And, and I'm, I'm, we talk about Hankins a lot, but I don't want to overlook Trayvon Hughes. Of course not. I really not. don't because I, I think, honestly, the way that the, the running back rotation will go, it should be Wadley, Hughes, and then Hankins. But Wadley and – you have Hughes and Hankins. Those are two bruisers. You can you can interchange those guys, and especially if Dion can. Let's just say Dion finds an act. Let's just say this summer Dion he does get a little bit quicker. Maybe he does build that speed quicker than we than what we think from what we've seen him on the high school level. Yeah. That's a dangerous combination well, well, there to have. And well, not only that, that, you got a trio, and that's elite depth that you want to have yeah, exactly. with the strength of your and, offense. And the one thing they brought him in because they want to see what what he can do. So they're going to give him a lot of opportunities to go out there and show him what he can do. Right, and and so that that as far as the running game, I think UTEP is in a good spot with that but well, but let's be in agreement without those big boys up front making the blocks that's that's gonna be the key no matter who you got back there if you don't have time for protection nothing's gonna happen and and that's where I'm getting into to the next part of the running game as we'll transition into the passing game as far as our second uh storyline heading into campus how Utah will improve their offense but offensive line I mean the depth is going to be plentiful there and I'm I'm excited to watch this offensive line 
improve in the fall. More, I, I, of course, I'm looking forward to them, you know, watching them during the regular season. But this fall camp is very, very important for this UTEP offensive line because UTEP has to find combos. They have to find not only the combos, but they need to find the productive combos for what they want to do, whether it's going to be power run, whether it's going to be pass pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of depth, and we've talked. Yeah. Dana Demel really is excited well, about the depth. And, that he has and you know back. what? And he should be excited because. Last year, we talked about this earlier during this podcast. Last year, I've never seen so many injuries to the offensive line. But hey, guess what? The good is a lot of guys that weren't supposed to be getting playing time got playing time. So now you have a bunch of guys out there that have playing experience. They know what to expect. So last year, bad. This year, Good because they know what to expect, and th- and that's going to be again. That's why I really think this UTEP running game is going to be something. It's going to be something. I think it's, uh, it's going to surprise a lot of people. But the passing game, that's I think that's the that's, without a doubt that's you know, number you, one concern out there. You're basically having a brand new wide receiver corps in a sense. I mean, it, it, it's pretty much entirely new. Yes, you're bringing back Kavika Johnson. Yes, you know you're also bringing back uh, you know a, a guy like Walter Don, Walter Don. Um, you know, Justin Garrett, a guy that's a JUCO guy that sat out last year. Obviously, Eddie Senegal still on the roster, but there, there's a big there, there's a big thing about those guys. They're they're unproven from a stats point. Yeah. Let's just be real. As as good ambassadors yeah. to the program and great players that they've been, but you know we got to see production for us to get yeah. excited and, and, and to and, talk it up. And, and if we see that, other teams see that. So you know what they're going to do. They're just going to put a man in the box and they're going to force the running game to do this stuff, or they're going to force whoever the quarterback is to prove them until they prove them wrong. Let's be honest, they're they're not getting any respect in that position. No disrespect to them. It's just the way it is right now because they got to go out there, like you said, they got to prove themselves. And let's let's just just keep it real, man. I mean, when Dana Dimmel talks about his number one receiver being Trey Wolf, who no disrespect to Trey Wolf, man, at all. But, I mean, he, he's recruited as a walk-on, man. You know, like, Demos had to kind of go out the box to find and develop guys. So we're not dealing with the, guy, the guys that have been proven wide receiver studs. And we saw that. We didn't see that stud out there in the wide receiver group. No. We didn't see a guy that could just get open, you know, create space on his own with his athleticism. So that's going to be a big question for this receiver group. But I like Sean Wolf. I do. I thought that he that he was the biggest surprise of the passing Without game doubt. last year, Without. no doubt about that but especially doing the utasa game right you know? but well guys like keenan foster kavika johnson a guy that i like that I, that was hurt last year alan Busey. i saw him a couple years ago in camp and he was making some big catches a former juco guy yep. you're, you're you're there's just so many unknowns but there's guys that we've seen show flashes of it they just haven't shown the complete consistent flashes that we need to be okay this passing game is okay because right now this passing game is not okay obviously we've talked about the quarterback situation but mm-hmm. more so i mean you're looking at the receiving core and, and my question is how deep into the pocket does does uh, Dana Dimmel go does he go with this with these guys that are coming back that are veterans your Kavika Johnson's your Wolves obviously now he's a sophomore or do you go deeper do you go with Richie Rodriguez I know they recruited a couple receivers a couple years ago um, that we're seeing now uh, Jonathan Patrick do we see these guys these younger guys even a Justin Garrett who is, might who just have out, to you know and that's but that's like I said that's the beauty of camp right and, and you got to go out this is this is why camp is so important Go out there and see what these guys can do, and you got to put them in game situations to see how they're going to react. And, de- and and but but the most negative thing about UTEP going in from last year to this year is they only averaged eighteen points their last three games of the year, and that was because because can't. because teams adjusted to how well UTEP yeah. was running through those four game stretch that yeah, I mentioned exactly, and UTEP they were just in a hole. So. Th- that to me, I think, has to be on the coaching staff mind. Is those last three I, games? I, of I how think th- that's going to be uh, without a doubt. OC uh, Pensive Coordinators Canales 
Canales' big thing he's going to have to deal with. They're going to have to score more points because we're going to talk about the defense in a couple of seconds here. That defense is outstanding. The Because I'm telling you right now, that Tennessee game, um, that defense played probably one of the best games. I, I think for me, that was the best performance of the whole season. Tennessee at Tennessee, Neyland Stadium, you know, 100,000 people there, the, the the loudest stadium I've ever been at. You know, you got the history, you know, things of that nature. You know, you, if the UTEP offense could have done anything in that game, they probably would have won that game because of how that defense played. Right, and that's that's that, so the, offense without a doubt is the for me offense is the number one concern of this and, football yeah, team. And that's that's going to be a big thing that we're going to keep an eye on on camp. Number two, like we mentioned, how will UTEP improve their offense? One of the biggest storylines going into camp. And like Monster mentioned, we're going to go ahead and go into that third one where we're talking about defense. So UTEP returned some depth on the defensive line, and we talked with Mike Cox about that yep. depth, and he was loving it. Not only that, but and this was, is number three on your list, by the, the way. The number the number three storyline in the camp three or four is how good is Mike Cox is going to is Mike Cox defense going to be with all these new def- parts in the defensive secondary? Because we know how good of a defensive coordinator he is. He's going to have seven new starters, basically in the back end. Most of those are going to be in the back end. He's excited about that he group, is. though. He, he really is, is. And, and that's encouraging. We we were very encouraged when he told us about the excitement. It wasn't like, oh, we have to rebuild. He's and like, and we're the, just and plugging the fact and that he lost a couple of players like AJ Hodgkins. You know, right. that guy was just a right. beast out there. You know, uh, a couple of other guys he's lost. The fact that I think, without a doubt. We are very lucky that we have a coach like Mike Cox on this football team, you know, because he's just amazing. I, I can't speak highly enough of him. He's just amazing, the job that he does with that team. As good as he is, though, I, I'm personally expecting a slow start just because you got so many new parts in there, and that's not a knock on the talent. That's not a knock on Mike Cox. It's just that's how it is in football. Uh, of course you know it what is. I mean? you got to get used when, to it. Because you're going to start a lot of Juco guys. Now, in the secondary, you have Michael Lewis, a guy that's been around for a long, long time. So is Adrian Henson. I think those would be two guys. Also, Justin Rogers. Those are your three Those are your three anchors, the guys that have been around the program. They've been with Mike over the past couple of years. Those guys you don't got to worry about. But what I'm more concerned about is the linebackers going to the secondary, and not just your starters, but you know, your your, your guys that are going to come in and spell a Michael Lewis. Those guys early on, I think that's where you'll see kind of the weaknesses kind of get exposed early on. But, you know, give Mike Cox three or four weeks up with the defense. And I'm telling you, by midseason, this defense is going to be pretty darn good. We were impressed because we were impressed with in the spring with that secondary because they were giving the UTEP receivers so much fits. And we talked in length about oh, yeah. the receivers that we're not excited yep. about them, but it's good to see these defensive backs. Now, there was a ton of them out there. You know, the guy that really kind of stood out to me, Robert Corner, he was a guy that stood out. Um, Justin Prince was another guy, mm-hmm. and a strong Juco guy. Justin Caldwell was another guy that was out there making plays. So these guys, are they're, they're, they're maybe not be the length that we've seen over the past couple of years where UTEP's had the Kahani Smiths that are 6'2". They have this long range. But these guys are fast. They're a little bit smaller in terms of size, but they are physical and they are. there's a lot of speed out That's there. That's the one thing secondary. I'm going to tell you about a Mike Cox defense. They are physical. Yes. And I'm telling you, during the games, he is on them, brother. He, he is on them. He's an intense coach. And like I said, probably one of the best coaches that they've got, and, and when if I, not the best. When I talk about UTEP struggling defensively around the season. I think it's going to be in the passing game. I think UTEP has a good enough defensive line where for the first time in a while – UTEP's strength might be pass rush because you got guys like Sonny Buckingham, then big the fact that Buckingham, the fact that the, the fact that Buckingham is coming is it, back is huge and I healthy. Talk, and healthy. I talked to him 
at the spring game, and he said he was he was great. He was he felt great. He felt a hundred percent. He can't wait to get back. You got Josh Richardson, also Josh Ortega, uh, Chris Richardson is coming back, a veteran guy. Josh Ortega, defense tackle out of Montwood, he had a big spring, and a lot of people talked about him. A lot of the coaches talked about him. I like UTEP's defensive line depth. I don't really so much like their size, maybe on the second and the third strings on there, but as far as the first string, I mean, you're going to have some size there, and I think that's where you're going to see the strength of the UTEP defense early, maybe stopping the run with that front four. But when we're talking about communication in the passing game, you're talking about communication from the linebackers to the defensive backs. I think that's where you're going to see some busted plays early on in the season. You'll see UTEP give up a couple. I wouldn't even be surprised if it happens to Houston Baptist. That's what concerns me more than the lack of talent is just that communication. The long ball, the long, the long ball, ball. That, that long passes. That was their Achilles heel last last. And I think last year. I think with new pieces in the secondary, that's going to be the biggest strength. Is can and, and that and that was the opposite really the past couple of years. Yeah, the long ball beat them, but UTEP was really respectable mm-hmm. against the pass. Thanks to Nick Needham, who by the way looking real good with the Miami Dolphins in camp from some of the videos yep. that I yep. see. So yep. you see the talent that UTEP lost and they're trying to replace, and not only from a talent part of leverage and hips and all that stuff but a communication standpoint that is where I think UTEP's going to struggle on early on in the year but get, like, I, like I mentioned earlier give Mike Cox three or four weeks to iron that out this defense should be a back to strength where I feel but I, I do feel early on this defense is going is to overall struggle early on but there are pieces there there are pieces there and like I said it would not surprise me to see finally I mean I don't know how long we've had to wait really since probably the Roy Robertson Harris days where UTEP has a legit pass rush where you have to worry about that hasn't been an issue for UTEP UTEP has not had a strong pass rush and I think that's where it starts with the Mike Cox defense this year in terms of how they can be able to slide around with the new defensive back so Interesting to see Mike Cox, a great coach. I know he'll have that rolling by week and four, they, week they, five. And they start off with Houston Baptist, so that'll be the big test, and that's where you can iron it out. Of course, it playing at Texas Tech the very next week, you know that's going to be a struggle. But they got a new off, they got a new that's coach too, right. so we're going to have that. At, at the same time, it's a good opportunity for the Miners to make a statement, exactly. and then they play Nevada here at, at the Sun Bowl. You know, but then they're going to have the bye week after that. I actually have to Texas Tech to have a bye week. So, and so there you see where you can make those early adjustments. Now, I don't know what type of offense uh, Houston Baptist runs. I know that uh, Utah State runs something similar to UTEP. They like to get their quarterbacks involved. They will throw the ball downfield, but they like to have athletic quarterbacks. They're a read option based offense, so that could play into UTEP's favor early on. I also think Nevada still runs that as well. I haven't really prepared for that yet, but I mean, definitely. So you're going to get some some tests right on. Then you get a bye week to adjust and and i i give mike cox all the credit you give him a week after that i maybe it might not be week three or four maybe it's early on in the season depending on how utep fares in those first couple games with some new parts in the defensive secondary so the final storyline going into camp and this was a tough one to kind of figure out but you know i'm looking at it from an overall standpoint of of really the program where it's been the past couple years and where where it could be going and really my fourth storyline the fourth big question heading into camp and really covers the whole 2019 season is what are the realistic expectations for this program in year two of the demo era i mean it's been a rough stretch i mean we're stating the obvious there you know we want to see demo win we want to see i I don't let me just say this right off the bat we want to see this team be successful. Right. Not only because we're El Pasoans, born and raised here, you know, we've been lifelong UTEP minor fans. Above all, sometimes we criticize, but at the end of the day, 
we want to see this team succeed, but at the same time, we have to be realistic as to what this team can actually do. And the realistic question is, is Dana Demo in over his head or is is this going to get better? Because from what we saw in the spring is just a lack of playmakers on the offensive side. College football now is if you don't have lack of if you have a lack of playmakers on the offensive side, well, you're going to go one in what is it one in twenty three over a two year stretch. It's yeah. proven. It's a proven fact. We're not just you know being a holes or whatever it is. It's a proven fact of the matter of college football now. It's an offensive based game. You have to have multiple playmakers. You have to recruit those playmakers. Not only you have to recruit them, you have to develop them into your system. Can, is Damon Dimmel going to be able to do that in year two? That's the biggest question. You know, and, and not only that, but what does an improvement year mean to you, Monster? What, what is an well, improvement and, in year and, two? And, and the fan aspect. They won one game in two years. So this year, they got to win more than one game What right off the bat. I'm going to tell you right now, like, and this is obvious. We talked about this last podcast, and we're going to keep talking about it until August the 31st. They got to go out there and beat Houston Baptist. Now, you're the one that says they got to go out there and destroy them. Me, I agree. You just win the game. You win the game, you build the confidence, and then you play respectfully at Texas Tech. Then you come back and let's see what you can do against Nevada. And then when when they travel, you can have a bye week, you go to Southern Miss. I see respectfully that this team has. Last year, they had the opportunity to win five games, and they just lost it. In the last two minutes of the game, or something happened where there was a, there like with UTSA it was neck and neck, and then Loxley literally got injured in the last play, had to put in their Ryan Metz. Right. Literally in the last play, things didn't go the UTEP's way in the second half, you know, and in every game, even that game that they won against Rice, they're just destroying them at halftime, and Rice came all the way back but the Miners were able to hold them off that last drive, and that's why they won that football game. They got to find a way to get better in the second half, without a doubt. They got to learn how to finish, finish these games. But realistically, as I look at the the schedule, which I have in front of me, I think they have the, without a doubt, they should win at least four games, without a doubt. You think that's too low or too high? I think, I personally think that's too high for me, but... Uh, sitting here, See, in but, January, I'm, but, I'm the, but I'm the same cat that right. every time they ask me, "What do you think? We're gonna win, baby!" Yeah, because they ask me every right, every exactly. game day. Like every, I'm tell you one ritual I do have. I we talked about Mike Cox. I go up to him, bro. This is the one we're gonna win today, and then, and that's every single game I do that. We're gonna win this game because you got to have that mentality, you know, and you know you got to go out there and think that you're gonna win every single game. So for me, honestly, they're gonna win every game. In my mind, they're winning every game, but what I think is gonna happen is four or five. Without a doubt, and, and for and, me, and, that's and, and an improvement. That's what you mean, improve. Okay, so so as far as improvement, we talk about improvement, four or five, and, and I think so too. And, and I think, but in those four or five wins, and I'm on the same boat as you as far as that shows improvement because we know it's far fetched to go win CUSA, make it to a bowl game. We know that that is o- almost unrealistic. Well, can it happen? Well, of course, of course it can happen. It can. But quarterback, for, if you find yourself a good quarterback, and your run game is and, efficient, and, and everybody's healthy, and you don't give a big plays and, on defense, and, and, and who knows if those wide receivers actually pan out. Anything is possible, and so with when I agree with when you talk about win totals. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say the same would be a four win would be an improvement. But inside those four wins, I want to see them beat Nevada at home. Mm-hmm. I I want that game here at home. I want to see them beat Nevada at home. You got to win that NMSU game as and well. It, I'll, I'll get to that one, but before that, 
go into Texas Tech and give them hell for a half. That's what I said. Yeah, be respectful. Go, go, go in there, run the ball, put a couple of drives together, force some three and outs. Heck, go in there, let them drive deep and force a turnover. You know what I mean? I, that's what I want to see. Not only that. But the one go, thing I tell you, like you talk about like hitting somebody in the face, and I, I just told you that me and Coach Cox, we talked before the game. Every And I'm talking about game day. We talk. We talked about uh, when they played at Tennessee, and it goes, if we can get a stop that first drive, that's going to make a statement, and this is going to give confidence to this defense. And that's exactly what happened. Tennessee, big old stadium, they went three and out, three and out. First two drives? Yeah, they went three and out, and that set the tone for the game. For the defense, it's just in the second half. They're getting no help from the offense. It was just too much. And that's why, and, and you hit it right on the head to my point of why I want them to beat Nevada early on because you beat Nevada. Well, now next week you're going to Southern Miss. Southern Miss is a, is, is, oh, is going to be a competitive team in mm-hmm. Conference USA. Go beat Southern Miss. And then when you come back, make sure you take care of US, UTSA. Now, going to FIU and La Tech, those are tough games. Those are very tough games. Actually, La Tech is here. Uh, yeah. But and La, way, La Tech, they should have won. I remember, and this is what happened last Tech. year. What happened last year, La Tech, is that's when, of course, uh, that's when uh, Mets had his, the final concussion that basically right. – Ended his college career, and that's when that's when the emergence of Brandon Jones happened, right. and he they Gave almost won that game. But then I, I forget the uh, the uh, LA, the La Tech uh, defensive player who literally Jaylon Fer- Jay- 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 Ferguson, Jay- Ferguson, Ferguson, who literally took over that game once UTEP got into about the the ten yard line when they got into the red zone, and I never seen that before. He literally thought there was first down and go, yeah. and he literally. Took over the game. Yep, he did, and, and I never seen that. That's the only reason why they lost that game. And 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 those are the those are the improvement marks that I want to see. Those teams that are the traditional, they've recruited well, they've been top of the CUSA, the North Texases, the UABs. That's where I want to see improvement. Yeah. Going in there and being able to, if they punch us in the mouth, let Demo and the coaching staff adjust and let's punch them back and give a chance. I, I that's will, that's I, an improvement. I, mark I will for say me. this about a Dana Demo coach team. This team never gave up. Right. They only really got, like you said, they got punched or they got destroyed two games in the entire season. One was Nevada, but they hung with Nevada up until halftime. But the one where they really just like, I was in shock, was one of the last games that was at Western Kentucky, where they just really had their way with UTEP. And we were all shocked because up until that point, this team, this UTEP team, I never saw the, the, these guys giving up at all. They, they fight real hard, but like I said, at the end of the game, something would always happen that didn't go UTIP's way, and that's why they lost the games. Hopefully this is the year, because like I told you, they're competitive in all these games, except for those two in particular, where they really just, it was they got destroyed. I think that this year, that for me is the improvement. For me, the improvement is not only like the win count, but can you finish these games? For me, that's what I'm going to be looking at. So as we're wrapping up here, our fourth storyline in the camp, what are the realistic expectations for the UTEP program in year two of the demo era? We've talked about about the best-case scenario. Now let me let now let's talk about the worst case scenario. And we and we don't gotta get into win totals. We know what the worst case scenario could be. Zero to two wins. One win. Let's just say it's one win. UTEP beats Houston Baptist. They fight all year long. Uh, you know, they just can't get over that hump. Does Dana Dimmel deserve a third year? Like I said, we're not rooting for this, but you know, we looked at we looked at the best case scenario. We both agreed four wins would be an improvement, fighting the teams that you're supposed to. But now let's look at the opposite side. One and eleven, two and ten. Does Dimmel get a year three after uh, you know three wins? And and let me let me also throw this in there. Okay. 
Dana Dimmel doesn't have the best overall head coaching record. He's had some win, losing seasons. So this wasn't the sexiest hire, and there's going to be pressure on, on center. So I'm going to put you in center seat. I'm going to put you on hot seat. Do you give him a third year? Yes, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, if, if we have a repeat, I think uh, Dimmel gets another year. But some of those coaches on his staff will be okay. removed. Okay. I think That's that'll be the situation where Dimmel gets the uh, the pass, but some of the OCs, or not that not the OCs, some of the assistant coaches. That's what I mean. Right. Some of the ACs will not be there. He will be forced to make, to make changes change. exactly. without a doubt. Because remember, everybody's coming back from this coaching staff except for one coach. Everybody is back, you know, and that is everybody. Literally everybody except for one coach. So that means this is the second year, and that's why I am looking for this team to learn how to finish, you know, because there's really no excuse. For me, there's really no excuses because these guys have been there. You know, you got to be able to find the talent and make that talent work for you. I, I Honestly, I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people, but because we talk about realistically what could happen and things of that nature, you know, I, I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people, but – for me, honestly, when I look at these games, you, you talk about the, the situation there. If, worst case scenario, they win zero to two games, I think he still stays. And like I said, I don't even like to think about that type of well, stuff. Well, of course but, not. But, like, you know, because stuff like that, what if, you know, I mean, because you talk about the, you talk about we're going to switch to the pro situation right now. If you want to think, if you want to criticize us because we're talking about this, I saw the press conference yesterday with Jerry Jones, the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones is sitting right next to Jason Garrett, and the reporter's asking him, hey, what does Jason Garrett have to do to keep his job this year? Exactly. It is just – It's the nature it's, of the beast. The it is the nature of the beast. Man. You got to talk about – It's like a what if. And he said, well, Albert, I, I expect Jason Garrett to be the coach until I can no longer spell <laughs> Cowboys. Jones. You know, I love me some Jerry Jones. God, God bless Jerry Jones. But at the end of the day, they got to start winning. I got to see improvement from this team. But even, even like, I, I think if – they have a pretty bad season. You do give them another opportunity, but coach, uh, the assistant coaches will, will, will be the ones to take the fall yeah. if it happens. And, and, but and honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope not. I hope not. But definitely camp right around the corner next Friday. Make sure to follow us at Budo Miners Radio because we're going to be live tweeting videos and whatever they allow us to tweet away over there August 10th for that scrimmage so we'll have some more we'll get we'll definitely have I mean you know what also we might even revisit that and say you know what okay from what we saw on camp do your expectations change from what we saw of course it's one practice or one scrimmage but you know it's not like we're going to take full you know full uh, full value into what we see but it could change so but definitely want to keep an eye on it these are Definitely, I feel a bunch of storylines coming in that the most important ones. And to me, you know, like Moya Monster agree, the offense, that's really for me, the that's most my, important For me, one. that is the number one concern. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's weird because you go into a season thinking that this is going to be the problem and that's not what turns out to be the problem and something else that you didn't expect is going to be the problem. Like last year, I didn't expect the team to have any problems and the special teams. Right. And they had a lot did, of problems yeah, in the did. special teams, especially with the kickoff returns, uh, uh, not, uh, but more with the, the punt returns. Right. You know, early on in the, in the year, there were some questionable things where the, uh, the, the player was bringing it back when he didn't have to, just let the ball go in there, take the touch back. Little mistakes like that where instead of UTEP starting at the 20-yard line or 25-yard line, they're starting like at the 5-yard line because he decided to take a – 
to receive the ball there or try to take it out and wasn't able to do this, the proper things, you know. You got to teach them, like, hey, if you think you can break it, do it. But if not, make the smart decision and let your team start about the 25-yard line. So UTEP football will wrap up UTEP football talk. We'll be talking about it all fall long. Oh, yeah, so we got a lot prepared. of time. So it's very, very fun and excited. I'm getting, getting excited to talk a little UTEP football. So let's transition into UTEP hoops, and I want to start it off with a bang. And, you know, there's there's a recurring theme ever since Rodney Terry took over the program, um, and it's in recruiting. And, and I say it to my head, and maybe I used a little colorful word in there, but it's Rodney Terry does it again. Let me repeat that. En español, en español. Español, dime en español, güey. <laughs> Rodney Terry did it again. That's in English. But he did it again. He oh, man, why are you teasing me on Spanish and you don't do it in Spanish? Because <laughs> I, I blanked. I blanked. En español. Luis otra vez. Not, go. You, your turn. What are we talking about? What, Rodney Terry does it again in Spanish. Luis otra vez. Otra vez. He otra did vez. it again. 6-3 or 6-5, excuse me. 6'5", swingman Keontae Kennedy signed with UTEP, a transfer from Xavier. We'll have to sit out one year, but he'll have three years of eligibility. Out of Austin, Westlake won a state title there, was a former four-star guard, 25th-ranked best shooting guard in the nation coming out of Austin. I see this as in a, a pickup, not only because he was a former four-star, because we got him from Xavier. This is a Rodney Terry fit to his system. Automatically watching his film, looking at his stats, he doesn't average 20 a game. He averages 14. He's a spot-up shooter. He's the perfect 3 and D guy for Rodney Terry. I mean, this guy could become a really, really good defender. He could be one of the top defenders for Rodney Terry. Obviously, he has to sit out a year. Yeah. But I really like that. He has a great lift on his three-point shot. Watching his shot from the corner, I mean, he re- he's, a, he's a good athlete, obviously. But that three-point shot, he could become one of those corner specialists. Like, I look at uh, – I, I look. I'm not comparing him, uh, his, his total game, but looking at a guy in the past like Miguel Ayala – Omar Duran, those guys that just kind of hang around the perimeter, yeah. dribble, drive, kick it out. You got a, you got rhythm. You're in rhythm. Shoot it. That's what I think he can be. I really like his shot. Um, he may have trouble creating his shot in the half court in terms of dribble, drive. But I think what we're gonna what he's gonna be excited is that open floor because he has great defensive instincts. So when he turns defense into offense, put it in the book because he has that athletic yeah. ability to play and, above the rim. And the thing is, it, it's unfortunate that he has to st- uh, he has to sit out that first year, but at the same time. You have that knowledge going into it. You get to get learn to about the system. You get to practice. The only thing is he's, he doesn't actually get to play in the games, but still he'll be put in, in game-like situations during practice, and I, I think that's a great pickup by Coach it Terry. It really is. I, I was impressed watching his film because, you know, obviously you're watching a basketball film. You see the guys drive to the lane. You see them score. They're the best player on the floor more than night. But when I looked at him, I'm like, you know what, Keontae Kennedy – can be the best player on the floor for this UTEP program and not have to average 15 points a game or mm-hmm. not have to score double figures. Shut down the team's defender, create some offense, grab some rebounds, Come knock down some threes. And that's where I see him. And he, this is a four-star guard. So mm-hmm. And a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? Four-star guards are supposed to come in here and change the game. I just don't see that with him as far as being a guy that's going to go out there and get you 20 a game now. But making an impact in Rodney Terry's system, being a defender, being a guy that can knock down shots. And, yeah, like I said, he may have trouble creating his shot, but there's no doubt about that he can get to the rim and free throw line in a half-court offense. So I'm really, really excited about that. And, again, otra vez Rodney Terry, man. He just – he's cleaning up, bro. He's well, cleaning with, with, up Without on the a doubt, trail. he has do, done a great job of recruiting, but – Uh-oh. We got to see it pay off 
True, true. And, and, on the court. And, 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 you got to see and, it paid and, off on the court. So you bring me down right I got, there. And I got to bring you, you down because we got to be. Because I've know, been so like, down. Because I'm, I'm like, we're the opposite. When it comes to the football team, I'm like, the sky's the limit, blah, blah, blah. But then you bring me down. <laughs> I got to do the exact same thing with the basketball team. Yeah. We got to go out there and see what they actually do on the court and put it all together. You know, there's a lot of what if scenarios, exactly. but at the end of the day, come late October, November, let's see what they actually can do yeah. on the court. A little bit of Utah basketball news on the coaching side. of Obviously, recruiting, we, we covered that one. But Darshan McClellan joins UTEP staff as director of player personnel and academic coordinator. That's a big promotion for McClellan. He was just a video coordinator at Illinois State the past three years. So, UTEP, you can see, I, I like the resources that they're giving kids. You know, you put in this guy in here to basically what I would – what I would understand is that basically this guy's watching the kids as far as, you know, maybe their day-to-day activities and obviously their academics. So, you know, this is a big promotion. I mean, when I always see guys get promoted for video coordinator, you know who I always think of? Who's that? Eric Spolster from the Miami Heat. That's right. Those guys, like, they have to move up somehow. So this kid has a unique talent to be able to move up. So whether it is in this area or whether it's X's and O's, I mean, when I see these type of promotions, I don't just overlook them. I think there's something special. So this is a new – I mean, I I've been tapped in this UTEP program for years. I never knew UTEP having a director of player personnel and academics. They've had, you know, a, a, a director of operations that handles that. But I like this. I, I like this move for Rodney Terry. It tells me that maybe uh, Jim Center is giving him a little bit of, of extra money to hire different assistants to bring in more support. And, and, that, that. and, and that takes a load off one of, of the other, one exactly. of the, not only Coach Terry, but one of the other assistants that would have to take care of that. But now when you have a dedicated guy to take care of that. That other assistant goes on the road. And Correct. Recruits. So, yeah. Correct. And, and so I like that. And then one little, just to wrap up some UTEP basketball top here. I personally, I don't have any inside information for this, but I expect the schedule to be released any day now within from here to maybe the middle of August. And that's, I don't to me UTEP basketball schedule is like almost Christmas to me I would write two or three articles on minor rush mm-hmm. about it it is always a big deal still a big deal to me I think there's going to be some exciting games on the schedule uh, maybe not so much home games uh, but you know maybe Rodney Terry has a club that you can go to a, a, a power five program and, and even if you're going to get a guaranteed game go give them heck like they did last year against yeah, Marquette of course. but I think you'll see that this year I'm really really excited uh, UTEP also concluded their summer camps which to me that always shows that hey you know school year is coming up quick um looking at some of the summer workouts that they've been doing and some of the videos <laughs> what stands out to me the most what's that feodg looks like he's i mean th- the guy looks like he's ready for the season now he has shed a lot of pounds you know they post those really good videos or well i would say the, the utip the the athletics they do a great job they really with their have videos been. they have been. both football and basketball i, I, I gotta give them a kudos so that's good to let fans know but i'm looking at odg and i'm thinking man this guy, he, I mean, he's he, ready. He was, he's a, ready he, was he was really kind of limited because of his physical abilities last year. He couldn't play extended minutes. You could tell that, you know, as far as under the basket, he was real kind of stiff at times. But looking at him now, it's like this, this guy's the limit for this kid. And, and you know, I'm talking about him like he wasn't an USA freshman guy. I mean, the, looking at that. That really, really excites me. And, you know, I'm just – I'm fired up for this basketball season, man. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, what we're going to try to do for basketball until it really kicks off is try to bring you guys voices from the basketball team because, obviously, not going to be much to talk about. The access is kind of limited for basketball. But we want to bring in guys from the basketball Especially program. Especially Coach Terry. Let's Especially, be real. Yeah, let's that, let's I mean, be that real. Be good. That's the goal for us. So – 
to give you I know there's more I know there's a lot of people that listen to this particularly for UTEP basketball Correct. Yep. but we got y'all covered we're not just going to bore you with football all year uh, definitely going to try to mix it in like I said we want to get y'all the voices to see what's going on inside from that first hand perspective because obviously it's going to be tough for us to get there but that's all I got, man. That's all you got. That's Puro's Miners, bro. Once again, thanks so much for spending some of your time to listen to this podcast. Once again, you can find this podcast wherever you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Android Podcasts, all the situations. You can find them there. Uh, don't forget, our, our Twitter handle is at Puro's Miners Radio. If you want to send us an email, it's putosminersbro at yahoo.com. want to thank CrossFit Exceptionally Made for sponsoring this episode of Putos Miners Bro. Once again, their address is 14251 Edgemere Boulevard, C279938. Visit their website, CrossFitExceptionallyMade.com. For Putos Miners Bro, I'm Mondo the Monstradina. Along with Alex Nicolas. Follow Monster on Instagram. Oh, that's right. Follow me on Instagram at MonsterMedina1. I'm on Twitter at NicholasAlex915. What is it again? Nicholas. Why don't you have Instagram? I I have Twitter too. My Twitter is at, at, for me, it's everything. I don't even get on Facebook. I don't even get on Facebook. I can't even get on Facebook. But you have Facebook. I do, but I don't get it. Do we need to make a Facebook page for Puto Miners, bro? I don't want to, but if the fans want it, tweet at us. Let us know. Because right now, without a doubt, we got Twitter. Because we're really good at Twitter. Yeah, we're pretty decent. We're pretty decent. Anyways, thanks for listening. Peace. Okay, bye.